This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. This is part two of my special short series on whole coaching, W-H-O-L-E, whole coaching. In part one, I talked about what whole coaching is, about why whole coaching is important now, about the background and the history of coaches, coach development, how we got to the place that we're in now, and I finished up by talking about the pathway model and why we desperately now need to look at alternate ways of building relationships with, connecting with, and helping athletes realize their potential to whatever that limit of their potential may be. In part two, I'm going to go on a little bit more about the real importance of whole coaching, why it needs to be now, and some of the ways that you can incorporate the concept of whole coaching into your program as a coach and into your coach education system and learning. Athletes are multifaceted. It doesn't matter what sport. I often think there must be a sport which is only physical. Now, I think of things like lawn bowls. Well, no, in lawn bowls, it's technique and skill and tactics and teamwork and a mental element like relaxation and focus. Or I think of something like darts as a sport that's only physical. Well, no, there's relaxation, there's focus, there's skill, there's tactics, there's timing, there's mathematics. There's a whole range of skills. I can't think of anything, even a power lift bench press, which is ostensibly 99% physical on first appearance, but there is a technique and a skill and there's emotion and there's relaxation and there's breathing control and there's core stability and there's a whole range. There is nothing. There is nothing that athletes do that is only physical. Everything physical has a mental, technical, tactical, emotional component to greater or lesser degree. And yet, as coaches and as coach educators, we have been predominantly focused on the physical and the technical elements. Why? Because I can see them, I can feel them, I can download them, I can watch them on video, I can count them, I can measure them. Those things I can do and see as a coach, those interventions I can put in place, do more laps, lift my arm higher, kick my leg to that position, all those things that I can easily see, count, buy, measure, all those things that I can simply manipulate through my instruction or the construction of my training program, I am naturally drawn to. That has led to the inevitability that so much of coach education and so much of coaching has been based around those two ostensibly physical elements. Yet even within that, that the benefit that an athlete can get from a physical activity is enhanced by their breathing control, by the way they think about what they're doing, by them being present through a skill like mindfulness, 
through the way they concentrate, how they relax. Everything physical has a mental and emotional component, yet we still teach and to the most part we still think of coaching as a purely physically orientated activity. And to improve athletes, the most common way coaches seek to improve athletes is to think, well, we'll do more work and we'll play with volume, intensity, frequency variables because I can see them, I can measure them, I can count them, therefore they're real. And all these other things are a bit nebulous, these soft skills, how do I coach commitment, how do I improve confidence, all those things, I can't readily see them, it's difficult to coach them, therefore the priority will be on the things that I can see that are real to me. And now when we look at the broader perspective of sport, where kids are dropping out dissatisfied with their coaching experiences, where kids are dropping out and saying, I had no relationship there, I wasn't enjoying it, I didn't feel listened to, I didn't feel respected, I had no relationship there. Where athletes are dropping out saying there must be more to it than just doing more laps, more training, more work. And if you accept that coaches in many situations are the sport, they are delivering the experience of sport, they are the ones who have the relationship between the sport and the people you want involved in the sport, then so much of what we're hoping to achieve in this industry, so much of what we're trying to create in the future with growing participation, so much of what we're trying to do is make sport a wonderful experience where people come to learn and enjoy and grow as human beings we need to, to stop focusing on just the physical elements of what we do and become better at coaching the non-physical elements, the game sense elements, the ability to read and see a game, to be aware of family and cultural issues, to be aware of individual differences in the way people see the world, to be aware of the fact that people have different ideas and motivations and reasons for coming to sport and even can I suggest even to be aware of the spiritual elements of why people do what they do, whatever that means, spiritual in a religious or non-religious sense, whatever that means has become so important in the world considering the challenges and the changes forced on all of us through COVID-19 and the other issues that have risen from it. So whole coaching is something that says let's look at this person in front of us. Let's not think about their performance. Let's not think about their training load. Let's not think about where their elbow is when they hit the ball. Let's not worry whether or not they can pass a ball in a straight line. Let's first and foremost coach the human being, the whole person that's standing in front of us. The person who is so much more than blood and muscle and spit and urine and hearts and lungs, let's coach that human being standing in front of us. How do we get to know them? How do we get to understand them? How do we build a relationship with them? How do we teach them to understand that sport is so much more than the physical elements? How do we help them become all they can be, whether they stay in sport or not? How do we make it so that when those athletes leave our sport at 16 or 17 or 18 or 35, that they're better people because of what they've learned from us as coaches? And in turn, what those coaches have learned 
from coach education and coach educators. One of the ways I believe we do this around the world in sports systems, there's a lot of jargon and there's a lot of sayings and a lot of acronyms. And one of the most common sporting philosophies that I see is coach-driven environments, that coaches will drive the environment, coaches build the environment, coaches drive. My belief is we have to move away from that. That's not in any way to diminish coaches and coaching. If you believe that, then you obviously didn't listen to the previous 30 minutes of this podcast. But by saying that the development athletes is coach-driven, we're giving the coaches the responsibility for the broad development of athletes, which most don't have time for, because most coaches are part-time casual coaches. Most don't have the skills to be able to deliver, and I don't believe it's their responsibility. More than ever, the whole coaching model says we're about coaches, athletes, and parents working in partnership. Each of us have a responsibility. We have a shared responsibility to help the athlete be all they can be, to help them learn to love the sport so they learn to love sport, so they'll do what they love and they'll love what they do, and vice versa. As parents being more actively involved and creating positive, safe learning environments at home, teaching things like values, virtues, helping to build character, time management, habits around sleep and nutrition and so on. And coaches leading, empowering, building quality relationships, but creating the environment and giving the opportunity for the athlete to develop as a whole human being. This is not going to be an easy jump because the easiest way to coach is coach-driven. Where the coach says one and you do one. The coach says nine, the athlete does nine. The easiest way to coach, the simplest way to coach is by numbers, by measurements, by counting, by real factors, which is why physiology is at the cornerstone of so much coach education and coaching. But times have changed and times necessitate that we change now and we change quickly. Now is about coaches as leaders, coaches as empowerers, coaches that work with athletes, not telling them what to do and yelling at them when they don't get it right, but explaining to them things in ways that allow the athlete to choose the correct way of doing things based on their own motivation. Now is the time for athletes to just do what they're told, to look at their coach as someone who will work with them, who will help them, guide them, inspire them, mentor, but work with them. We're shifting from coaching at athletes to coaching with athletes. And even further than that, we're working more proactively and positively with parents at every step of the way. One of the things I've spoken about a lot recently is the rise of player welfare and player well-being staff, managers, officers 
in sports around the world. The question is why? Why has there become significant growth in organisations, sporting organisations, employing people with a specific responsibility for player welfare and well-being? Ask yourself why so many professional football leagues now have transition programs where athletes retiring from professional sport have a one-year or two-year window where they learn to transition from being a footballer to being a member of society who used to play football. Ask yourself why we're hearing so many athletes talk about the frustrations and disappointments that they experience during their sporting careers. Clearly, we're very, very good at training because athletic performance continues to improve, time standards continue to change, games are getting faster, more explosive, more dynamic, athletic potential seems to be getting better and better all the time, but so too are revelations of athlete stress, of athlete mental health issues, of athletes struggling with identity when they retire from sport and so many similar reasons. We are no longer in a coach-driven environment. We're in a whole coaching situation where coaches, athletes, and parents work together to provide safe, nurturing, positive environment where the athletes can then choose based on what excites them, what they're motivated by, why they're there, to do things in a way that is consistent with them achieving their objectives. Whole coaching says that we're no longer about laps, we're about learning. We're no longer about counting and compliance, we're about choosing. We're no longer just about physiology, but about psychology. A friend of mine puts it really well. He said, we've spent most of the last 50 years thinking that sport is neck down about oxygen transport and strength and agility and power and very, very little time on thinking about what's happening from the neck up. But now we have to be committed to connecting head and body together so that everything we do has a more holistic whole of athlete focus on the overall development of the athlete's potential. And more than that, more than that, we need to shift from thinking about performance to thinking about the person to thinking about concepts like joy and happiness and excitement and friendships as all part of their sport experience because at some stage that athlete whether they stay in until they're 14 or 40, that athlete at some stage may be a sporting parent. And we want for the long-term sustainability of the industry for that person to say, you know what, sport was always great. I always loved sport. My coach was wonderful. Mum and dad supported me. I learned a lot of good lessons. I picked up some wonderful skills. It was such a positive experience for me. I'm going to take my kids back down there Again, that they look at sport and their career in sport, their life at sport, not as just something that they achieved, but something that contributed to the positive elements of their entire life. So what do we need to change? First of all, if you're involved in coach education, training and development, I have a challenge for you. 
at your next workshop, at your next training course, at your next level, one, two, three, four, five, whatever it might be, do the physiology last. Put the skill and technique last. Spend the early stages of your work with coaches in an education setting on coaching the whole athlete, on building relationships with athletes, on learning how to understand athletes, on building a broad, holistic approach to connecting effectively with athletes, on how to understand that athletes are people who play sport, not sports people. Secondly, in terms of coaching itself, it's easy to think about the content of your training programs, volume, intensity, frequency. It's easy to think about what drills you'll do, when you'll do them, how often you'll do them, and what speed. Those things are right in front of you. But what about at the start of every training session and at the conclusion of every training session? You stopped and you thought about the human beings in front of you and thought about what is the experience that you're about to provide or have provided to them. Did it excite them? Did it engage them? Did it make them happy? Did they learn? Did they feel challenged? Did they feel energized? Did they feel something that says, I love what I'm doing and I'm going to come back next week. This is wonderful. And finally, we have to revisit our concepts around talent, talent ID, and talent development. Only in this last week, a nation approached me about putting in place a targeted talent identification system. What they actually wanted when I dug into it a little bit deeper was a physical talent measurement and training system. Even now, in this year, in spite of all the things we've faced, in spite of all the information that we're seeing about athlete welfare and well-being and mental health, nations, sporting organisations, coaches, sports scientists, national sporting bodies are still stuck in this physical model of athlete development, and then we wonder why we just haven't got it right or why athletes walk away feeling like they've been pushed and poked and prodded and looked at as a series of measurements and times and performances rather than feeling supported and enriched and nourished through the experience of sport. Colleagues, it is time to change the way we do what we do, and I believe this concept Whole coaching, which I'll be presenting a lot about in the future through a webinar series, through an online coaching course, and a lot of other events. I believe that whole coaching's time has come. This has been Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.